Hello and welcome to Accessible Theology. My name is Aaron and I'm here with Michael. And we believe that God's thoughts and ways are high above us and in his kindness he stoops down and graciously reveals himself to us in his life-giving word. And our goal is to make the study of God accessible to our listeners so that we and you would better love God, know truth, and live accordingly. And we're back with Three Minute Theology. And we're going to go through another segment of that today. We're discussing a theological topic or idea in three minutes or less. Michael will be explaining that to us today. Uh, And we're trying to stay concise. We're trying to stay um, helpful and not not rambling or anything like that. Uh, But we want to be able to explain theology and make it accessible in quick, concise ways. And so we're going to pick our topic so that Michael knows what he's talking about. We've got number 30 on our list. What does it mean we will suffer loss? Ooh, 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. Oh, goody. <laughs> uh, you put that one in there, yeah, I might I, add. I, I did. I did. <clears throat> I'm regretting everything. Yes. And I will read our passage for us. Michael will explain it, and then we'll have further conversation about this topic. Yeah, I'll use your timer. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15 says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Michael, your timer starts now. All right, so in this, we want to answer the question, what does it mean to suffer loss, but only as through fire? Some people read verses like this, and they actually believe in the loss of salvation, or they believe that in the end, once someone is judged before God, that if they have nothing to offer, that they would uh, be damned. We do not take that perspective. Uh, In the context of what's going on in these verses, the Apostle Paul is speaking of what he calls skilled master builders, which he talks about in verse 10 and other places. These master builders he's referring to are are, um, men like him who are building churches, who are involved in in the Christian ministry, but it also does apply in many ways to our individual uh, Christian experiences in which we live in either holiness or we live in sin. And what he says here is this, that in the end, the only foundation which can be laid is Jesus Christ. That means that we will all stand before Jesus Christ and give an account to him. He is the only um, measurement by which we will be judged. And then he concludes by saying, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, uh, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, um, that will they will be uh, judged accordingly. So if someone has gold, it will be refined. If someone puts silver, it will be refined. They'll receive reward. In heaven, there is actual reward for what we do if, as Christians, we do good things. There is great reason to do holy, righteous, good things. We should want to do the next right thing all the time. And the reason that's significant is that 
I believe that some Christians mistakenly think that what they do doesn't matter at all because Jesus paid it all, which is a true reality. Jesus paid for all our sin, and Jesus gives us the full righteousness in his account. Yet, we are called to live holy lives, and we'll be rewarded, or we will receive loss accordingly. So, um, let's think of, uh, I think, uh, St. Augustine says that God crowns his own grace when he rewards us. And that's a beautiful concept that what he's getting at there is that God gives us the grace required to do the right thing. And then God rewards us in heaven on that basis. So it's just an amazing grace of God that he would give us anything. And he gives and gives and lavishly gives. Now, what is it talking about when he says that there's a suffering of loss? Well, it says that if there's wood or hay or stubble, it'll be burnt up. What this means is that our sin will not be blessed. There is no blessing for sin. There is no reward for sin. And we will feel loss. There is an actual, we in heaven will understand that we did not do what we ought to have done in some ways on earth. That sin has consequences. And what this means is that in, in heaven, we some will receive more blessing than others. Heaven is not a socialistic or a communistic enterprise by which we all receive the same thing. There is punishment um, in the sense that we receive loss in heaven of reward, but we ourselves will be saved because Christ has finally and fully um, purchased us by his blood. There is still the loss of reward though. Um, so that's my time. That's it. Three minutes. Sounds like you could could have kept going there. Yeah, this is a topic. It takes yeah. a little more explaining, just because there is a lot of nuance. So you want to be you want to be careful with this verse. It is, yeah, and and even the context leading up to the phrase "he will suffer loss" is not overly. I mean, I don't want to say it's not overly clear, but it's not. The meaning is not readily apparent. But I think you you help to draw that out mm-hmm. and and show that. Um, the foundation that we lay, the good works that we do is not salvific, but it is something that we should strive for as believers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe, maybe just speak to why you thought this was a topic that is necessary mm-hmm. to discuss. Yeah. Topics like this are significant because I believe that there's, there's two ditches on the side of the road that Christians often run into. One is that they believe that everything is dependent upon them. Mm-hmm. And the other is that they act as though nothing is, right? Yeah, so yeah. so there's there's two extremes that we want to avoid. And what I mean by that is that there are some believers who would suggest that, you know, if, if we aren't doing good thing, if, if we, that if there is not enough good, there's like a measurement that we need to hit. And if we don't do that good, that we're not welcome into heaven, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We believe We've already talked about these doctrines before. We believe that Jesus has purchased us fully, and we receive the full righteousness of Christ, which is way more than enough necessary to right. be in heaven forever. So we don't—we're not trying to earn our way into heaven. Mm-hmm. So that's one extreme. The other extreme, though, and I think I see this more in my church experience in more evangelical settings, is we treat heaven as though it's an endless beachfront vacation that all of us get mm-hmm. and what we do here doesn't matter. So as though nothing follows after us in heaven, Jonathan Edwards is very helpful in this. He talks a lot about heaven and he talks about how much our, what we do on earth does carry on what we do does echo into eternity. And so there is great reason to live holy lives because we will receive reward and that will be, uh, that will carry that with us. 
um, into heaven. And, and that's what it's talking about. It says saved as through fire. We want to think about this as a crucible, which gets rid of the dross. It burns up the dross, but it purifies and refines the the good, the gold, as, uh, as we would say here. So that's a great picture to think through for what it looks like when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. As Christians, we will be justified in Jesus and we will um, we will receive salvation because of his work. The rewards we receive, though, um, is is dependent in some ways, we could say, is contingent upon holiness. So it, it gives I love this. That some people might feel a little weird about hearing that. But this gives us reason to live holy lives, friends. Mm -hmm. Like I would say that one of the great takeaways from a text like this is do what lasts mm. like. When you wake up in the morning, when you are fighting temptation, when you're seeking to live a holy life, you are fighting for a great reward in heaven. And you will not boast in yourself. Mm -hmm. You will boast in the grace of God that enables you, but you will pursue it with full vigor, knowing that that reward awaits. That's why Paul can say in Philippians 3, he's striving for that reward in yeah. Christ. Yeah. So what what are some things that Christians can do now that would fall in line with this. He will receive the reward, the good works, the, the foundation that we are to lay so that when anyone's work is burned up, we can avoid as much loss as possible. Yeah, so what do we pursue? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Paul's helpful in Galatians uh, 6. He says this, uh, For what one sows uh, to his own flesh uh, will, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul says this in the context. Before, he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, which are um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the good things we pursue, right? Mm -hmm. These We live righteous lives, which looks like living in a community of other believers, laying our lives down, carrying their burdens, serving them, counting them more significant than ourselves, living like Jesus. Like if yeah. you want to think about, like look at the life of Christ, mm. look at how he lived, imitate him. Mm -hmm. And as you do so, that is the life that will garner reward in heaven. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and that's something that I think we should take time to think about, take time to pursue and, uh, and search the scriptures as to how we can best do that in our lives. Anything else you want to say on this topic? I... Yeah, I, I would say I've often thought of verses like this in moments of, um, after when I've failed in temptation, if I've given in to sin, verses like this have been a helpful reproof and rebuke for me because as I think about what I had just done, whether it was speaking on anger, whether it was lust, whether it was uh, gossiping, um, whether it was um, being a reviler, whatever it could, whatever it looked like in, in that uh, moment, knowing that I will never get that time back. That was a wasted opportunity and that will be burned up and, and will not end up in reward in heaven. So just understanding that this has very practical day-to-day -day implications like using this as an encouragement to yourself to say i want to do what lasts but mm -hmm, also mm -hmm. on the reverse end when you sin reminding yourself that will be burned up and i i will suffer a loss for that yeah. that that is an encouragement 
to press on. Not because we're talking loss of salvation. Not because we're saying you're going to be um, booted out of heaven because of one particular sin you've committed. But there is an eternal reward that is awaiting you, a crown of glory that you can uh, actually acquire, if you will, through striving and pursuing um, Christ by faith and holiness. Yeah, yeah, Uh, that's... That's good. It's really helpful. My my contribution to this conversation is not even going to be original to me. Uh, it's a Matthew Henry quote. Mm. He says, it is better to take time to consider beforehand than time to repent after. Mm. And so that'll be the word that we end on. Uh, if you have questions or things you'd like to follow up with us about, please feel free to reach out to us at accessibletheology@gmail.com. Hit us up on Anchor, anchor.fm slash accessibletheology, or find Accessible Theology on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, get to know you, and hear your questions, your comments, anything you'd like to share with us uh, for um, making this podcast better even. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear some feedback. So please feel free, feel free to reach out. Uh, But as always, until next time, we want to charge you to love God, know truth, and live accordingly.